Hey everyone, welcome back to the arena. I'm MD joined here by Kobe and once again, a really special guest that we can't wait to get into. Love and appreciation to those that continue to follow us and show support back. What's going on guys? Uh, as MD alluded to, we've got another uh, another special guest here. Uh, this is Ray Kerr. Ray is a Navy SEAL, a bunch of things, a Navy SEAL vet, a peak performance consultant, motivational speaker, uh, among other things. Um, but Ray will be able to introduce himself far better than I could. So without further ado, first of all, thanks, Ray, for coming on here and giving us being so generous with your time. Um, why don't you just provide an overview of who is Ray and how he's yeah. yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Ray, Ray Care, uh, 51 years young, Baltimore native, uh, grew up uh, the byproduct of pain, um, had a shitty childhood. You know, I'm not going to fucking sugarcoat it. Um, and at the age of 17, I decided, you know, which route do I want to take with path? So I took the path less traveled. Um, that's the harder, harder path. Um, not looking back, uh, married, two kids, got a wife I have no business being with. She's hot as hell. Um, I love fitness. Um, and I, um, I just have this ability to, I, I love meeting people and connecting with people and communicating with people. And I, I hang with some of the biggest names in the business and, I think the reason why they like me and I think what I think this country needs is just to be more fucking genuine. Um, I don't bullshit. I don't act. I won't act one way in front of you versus the only other person I act different than is my, uh, my preacher. Um, and he knows who I am because he follows me on Instagram. He's like, you need to cut it down a little bit. And I'm like, I know Pastor Hank, but I'm not going to. So uh, that's me in a nutshell. You know, I, um, I don't like to consider myself a motivational speaker. I like to elevate people to the next level. I think I honestly feel that the problem with human beings is they feel that they're, they've reached their max potential. Uh, my job is to help them push through that, um, break that glass ceiling and just do, I always say, do more, be more, um, PTFO. It's my company. Put the fuck out, be a better human being. Um, it has nothing to do in a sexual preference. More people just need to do it kind of like, you know, our fathers and our grandfathers and grandmothers did. And that's just work harder. Um, you know, people think I'm successful. Um, I consider myself one of the hardest working men in the room, not the smartest. I didn't say that. I said one of the hardest. Um, I outworked the worker bees. Um, so that's who I am. So I guess this is over with. I just told you my whole life. Yeah, no, I want to dive in. Thank you for sharing. I want to dive in a little bit more. And you, you mentioned you just had a, you put it very bluntly, you had a shitty childhood. Yeah. Uh, and, and what, you know, what do we need to know about your childhood in order to kind of better understand who Ray is today? Um, you know, lots of abuse in different fashions. There's different levels. There's a physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, and financial, excuse me, physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, financial, and sexual pain that men deal with. Um, we'll just say I'm a pain coach. I'm a pretty, I'm pretty well, pretty well, um, known with all those areas of my life. Um, so now what I try to do is I try to teach people that you can actually profit from pain. So many people go around life trying to be the victim of their past, you know, like this happened to me and this is why I'm the way I am. I'm like, no, if that happened to you, you should be you know, bigger, better, faster, stronger, and mentally more fit, right? Because I think fitness is physical, mental, and emotional. If, if you can um, learn how to control the rage, the anger, the doubt, um, the fear of your childhood, because, you know, so many people try to just avoid it. Um, I run to it. I embrace it. I mean, I know that sounds horrible, but it made me who I am. 
Um, the things that happen to me, I make sure I don't do to my kids. Um, and I try to make it a point to make sure that um, if I see anybody that, because, you know, if you've been abused and, and for long enough, you there's there's tail signs. So, you know, if you meet somebody, if they've been abused and it's all in the approach, talking to someone on the side, just saying, hey, listen, you know, just want you to know that I'm the byproduct of pain. And if you ever need to talk, I'm here. And usually 99% of the people that know what you're talking about, um, they don't answer you right there, but it's funny. I'll get a text message, you know, like a month later going, Hey, can we talk? And I'm like, yeah. Because what, are those so, signs? what are those signs, Ray? Like you mentioned, you can tell right away normally. Uh, you know, it can be from people that are more isolated. You know, I, and I know there's people that are just like, you know, introverts, but people that don't look the part like an introvert, but they're introverted. Um, they're quick tempered. Uh, they may, they may not, um, they may some they may not even act or um, blend with society um, body language um, you know uh, it's funny most men that I know that have dealt with a lot of pain are jacked and tattooed um, because they want to make sure that they're not going to look or be that victim anymore so you know some of the biggest jack dudes I know are some of the men that are suffering the most. <laughs> And we put on this outer shell, you know, you, you build yourself, you build the outer, you build the castle. Um, but, you know, you can be the king of the castle or you can be a commoner. You have, this, you know, a lot of us have the same problems inside internally. Um, but we build these, we, we put up these walls, right, these facades. And it's just one of these things where I don't know if it's a connection, a feeling. Um, it's fucking telepathic. But, you know, a lot of times you can just tell. Um you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with just being honest, you know, like I get up and I tell stories of how I was addicted to this, addicted to this. And there's so many people when I speak, that come up to me afterwards and say, man, I'd love to talk to you about that. And I'm like, talk to me about what, you know, like, well, I've gone through the same thing. I'm like, why haven't you told anybody? Well, so at I mean, what point in your life did you start to, um, cause you're a pretty jacked and tatted dude from what I can tell here on half screen, but um, like at what point in your life did you start to view pain less as like, I'm going to be a victim about this, but I'm going to start to build that. And how did you learn that? Well, I don't know when it, when it actually, when I started to become jacked and tattooed. I mean, I know when I got my first tat, but I was 17 when I had that moment of clarity. Do you want me to turn this this way? I, I have it this way. Would you rather have it long wise? No, that's good. Because if you put me long, my shoulders don't fit in an iPad. I probably less. I you know it's. I'm, I'm three feet tall, two hundred and five pounds, man. So I try to make it as best I can. Um, but on a serious note, um, I tell this story on almost every podcast because it's like one of those. I don't want to call it an oh shit moment. It's kind of one of those, um, not a come to Jesus moment. Just kind of, I honestly feel that. I'm speaking with men, right? But human beings, we deal with um, incoming, like ambushes, you know, life ambushes. And every now and then we get hit with certain things. And sometimes there's, it, it destroys us. And then other times it's almost like the awakening, um, mm -hmm. that moment of clarity. But I looked in the mirror and my father was very physically abusive with me. <clears throat> and I looked a lot like him. And when I was 17, I remember I was washing my face. I snuck in the house back then, you know, you, we didn't have alarms. We didn't have all the crazy shit technology. And I remember washing my face and just wondering what I was going to do with my life. And when I looked in the mirror, it's almost like I saw him, the reflection of him. And I was like, if I don't do something, because I was drinking drugs, getting in fights, 
going to community college and all I was doing, you know, I'll be honest, like just chasing ass. I mean, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say that now, you know, but at the time it was like, I had no direction. Um, and it was because I was just lost. You know, I was just playing this fucking victim, um, you know, angry fighting. And I will tell you that human beings have an inner voice on one side and they have a demon on the other. And the inner voice is usually that it becomes that inner bitch. It tries to talk you out of things like, mm-hmm. don't believe in yourself. Don't do this. Don't do that. But then you have a demon, right? If you have a past and you have trauma, what I've learned is people try to kill the wrong thing. You can kill about 90% of the self-doubt and self-talk, right? Self-sabotage. You can't kill the demon, right? That's what too many people do. Like, you know, guys are recovering alcoholics. They'll go out with their friends and have a drink. Don't wake that bear, right? So what I do is I've learned how to kill a lot of the self-doubt and then with the demons and demons are pain, you know? The physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, financial, and sexual pain that you may have dealt with as a child or even currently is you name, claim, and tame it, right? You name name what it is. Like, you know, I was physically abused or whatever it is. Um, claim it. Okay, listen, this happened to me, but it's, I, and this is what I tell everybody that's listening. If you've dealt with, and they know, listen, I'm beating around the bush of what happened to me. Everybody fucking knows, right? It was a bad childhood. We can... We can read through the lines. You're not alone. Wasn't your fault. Um, and you and you alone have the power and ability um, to, like I talked about, rebuild. Re, you know, I'm all about the foundation, the family, fitness, finances, and faith. Believing in yourself is my foundation. I'm trying to create a stronger foundation. You know, um, you can walk around, you know, like this and looking great, or have the million dollar house, but if you have a shitty foundation, it's going to crumble. And that's what I see happening with too many human beings is on the outside they look like this combat chassis but on the inside they're brittle and they're they're frail and they're breaking they're imploding if you will so fuck man i just uh i said enough i'm not going to be this person you know i learned how to name claim and tame that beast like case in point i'll give you an example because people go what do you mean like if you're a fucking alcoholic like i have a buddy of mine another seal is an alcoholic he was an alcoholic he's not anymore when we go out, I don't drink in front of him. Now he says I can, but I, I don't I, because I don't I don't need to. Like I try to respect him that way. Or like you know, if I have a friend that's that used to be a drug addict, I'm not going to go to a party where I know there's going to be drugs because I don't want to waken that bear. I don't want to do it for myself, and I, I, I damn sure don't want to do it for other people. So I think it's all about knowing your surroundings, <coughs> rebuilding. And it's all about reconnecting with yourself, you know, just because things, bad things happen to you, like, doesn't mean you need, because so many people I see, like, I know you've heard the story, right? The two twin brothers had the out, um, the heroin uh, father, one's a heroin addict, and they ask him why, and he goes, because my father is, the other one's a multimillionaire, and he says, because my father and brother are, right? Because you have the power, and this is what I tell each and every person, the mental fortitude gives you the ability to write your own story. Like, you know, for the first 17 years of my life, it was a fucking horror story. And then I was like, you know what? I want to do a, ha- they lived happily ever after. How am I going to do that? I'm, I am going to control and dictate my future. I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. It was fucking hard. I loved it. All I did was no matter how bad things got, I was like, well, remember that time that this happened to you? It's not so bad. It's all about the symbolism and compare. I compare things. Um, you know, as an, as an 
as an entrepreneur now that I guess supposedly makes a lot of fucking money, I deal with the same types of stresses. But I turn around, I look at that bell, I look at my seal picture, I look at pictures of my wife and kids and go, I turn right back around like I'm looking at you and go, I got this shit. And that's what more people need to do. They need to reflect on the past. I'm not talking about being fucking Al Bundy living in the past. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about reflecting on the pain and realizing where you have come from, right? Like some people are like, you know, I don't look through the, I only look through the front windshield, the rear view mirror is small. Man, look through the rear view mirror and go, holy fuck, look at that guy back there. Look how weak I was. Look at all the shit that I've been through. And then you go, that has put me where I am right now because each and every person, you are where you are in life because of you. Everybody goes, no, it's because of my mother, my father, my surroundings. No, it's because of you. Now, if you're young, that's a different story. If you're 51 fucking years old and you're not happy with the way you look, get up and start fucking walking. If you're not happy with your friends, cut them the fuck loose. If you're not happy with your job, I'm not saying quit it. Start looking for another job. Build that resume, right? Be passionate and purpose driven. Don't go through life with fucking blinders on. Um, and, but it takes time. You know, it takes time. That's what people don't understand. You know, I hear, oh, I'm, you know, how many people do you know that just go to the liquor store and they scratch off for those little fucking winning things? Dude, it's ridiculous. I see people, they waste thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Buy a book. Learn. Invest in yourself. All you're doing when people do the lottery, they're investing in luck. If you win the lottery, you're not successful. You're fucking lucky. I don't want luck. I want skill. I want determination. I want drive. I want passion. I want purpose. I would rather make $300,000 and do what I love than make a million dollars and, and, and win it in the lottery. Because what do 90% of people that win the lottery do? They fucking blow it because they don't know how to control it. You got to earn that shit. Mm -hmm. You guys got kids? No, I do not. No. Nor does he. Well, when you get them, they're a pain in the ass. He's got a two-year-old dog. I don't think it's anything close, but um, it's it's all really rich material that um, and really rich perspective. And I'm just curious, like to go back into your experience as a Navy SEAL. I think that, you okay. know, a little bit after being 17 there. How much of that did you learn from being in that experience? Can you speak to it because it's such an exclusive population and an exclusive experience? I want our listeners to kind of be able to tap into like what were some of the first or more valuable learnings that you've had? Were there mentors? Were there pieces of advice that you were given? Can you speak to just some of that early experience and how that helped shape you into this direction that you've been able to speak on? Well, from the early beginning, I mean, I didn't really know what a mentor was. You know, when I was a young kid, I didn't, I didn't know what mentors were. We didn't, you know, I'm a lot fucking older than you guys. There wasn't like a lot of books and this and that. Um, it's just a big can of, I had to learn how to just, you know, um, drop the pity party and believe in myself. My point is to this is, you know, you, you want me to be able to reflect and, and do all this, but nothing will happen to anyone, anyone, if they don't do this one thing. And that's believe in themselves. I have a shirt that says I bet on me. That's like my main, that's what I say every day. I bet on me. I've got, look, I got boxes of them fucking right here. Um, I identify as a cockweed and I bet on me. Um, here's my cockweed shirt. Um, it means I can't be killed. I'm half cockroach, half garden weed. I bet on me. Um, how did this, how did this kind of help me at a young age? Um, I honestly believed when I was young that God, I don't watch what I say, 
put me in all these horrible situations to make me the man that I am so that I could go through war and, you know, buds training and, you know, all the things that I've dealt with. Um, because I think, I think there's, again, I don't want to get real religious. I think there's higher powers. Um, life is a test and I think certain things test us. And a lot of people don't pass that test. You see it. You might have friends your age that are just, you know, they're exactly where they were three, four years ago. You know, maybe just now they're a little fatter and a little the same. But when you really realize that life is a gift, um, you have to believe in yourself um, and you can learn how to tap into your, you know, your, your real inner being. Um, I honestly believe SEAL training was, I mean, it was hard as shit, but it was one of the easiest things that I ever did because I was so in tuned with myself because all I did was I just, I had something to look back on. A lot of these guys show up in SEAL training, basic underwater demolition, which is six months, and they would quit. And the reason why they quit is they had never been through anything hard before. They didn't know what to expect. I had already been through hell and I was like, hell week, shit. You mean all I'm going to do is be wet, cold, tired, and hungry? Okay, that's better than being beat. I could do this because they don't physically beat you in buds. I mean, you, sometimes you wish you were dead, but that's how I, that's kind of how it worked for me. That's how I made it intertwined. I wish it was something fancier, but it's not. I mean, I keep things very basic. When I get up and speak, I speak to thousands of people. I'm like, keep it simple, stupid. I'm very simplistic with things. Too many people make shit too complicated. You know, that guy's all, oh, man, what's, you know, the phys physiological and the social... Six months long, right? Give or take 180 sunrises, 180 sunsets. All I did was piece of paper, count them off. And then, you know, people ask me, why didn't you, you know, what's, what, what was the big factor that made you not quit? And this is the easiest, this is the easiest thing I can teach someone. I do self-reflection drills. I close my eyes and I envision. I envision myself marrying the woman in my dreams, which I did. Having two great kids, which I did, and then having a son and a daughter and having to explain to them, because you know you hear it if you're in the Navy. Did you ever want to be a Navy SEAL? Everyone says it. Yeah, I did. Then I had to think to myself, would I lie to my son and tell him that I didn't go because I quit? Would I want to lie to my wife? Or do I just want to do what I did? And I just said, I, would, I envision myself. Whenever I want to throw in the towel... I literally close my eyes and I envision a red line going across my face that says quitter. Now, I, own, I run a course called the Q course, but I've quit all the, I, I've reverse engineered everything. I quit all the bad shit in my life and now I, but I never quit on myself. Well, I want to get into the little bit because <clears throat> that's almost in, in some ways like the concept of discipline is when you're envisioning your future self, you, you traded today's pain and suffering for tomorrow's pleasure and reward and you know, a lot of people, I think, will do the opposite. We'll, we're, you know, we'll take going out and getting trashed and drinking for a night that a lot of people say that you're, you're trading tomorrow's happiness for, for today's pleasure. You did the opposite. And I, I saw that on your page, you're really big into what, you know, is called discipline. And I'm just curious, like, how that has served you more than just being able to, you know, build a family. Like, can you just give your two cents on how you view discipline and how you value it. <clears throat> well, discipline to me is just like you kind of hit on. It's the long game. You know, it's discipline to me is um, 
I'm a control freak. So discipline to me is I, I have to control what I control, what I can control, and control it for as long as I can. And people go, what does that mean? Well, I get up the same fucking time every day. I go to bed almost the same time every day. I try to eat almost the same thing every day. Um, I have a, I have systems I have you know that I, that are in place for me. Um, are there times when I don't want to get like I didn't want to get up and go to the gym today? We're looking at a big house right now. What did I do? I got up and went to the gym. Um, I the trick to discipline is seeing the long game, right? The long game. So many people are um, you know there's passion and purpose driven, right? Um, and they say, you know, most people are passion driven. They're living off the moment, right? Like, you know, you see a beautiful girl. Hey, let me go talk to her even though you're married. That may stimulate you for a second, but then you have to live with that for the rest of your life. That's not discipline, right? Um, that's, that's not having self-control. What life's about is being able to maintain a steady course for whatever that goal is you want. Like for me, I want to be a Navy SEAL. I did it one time. Um, because when everybody was out drinking and chasing ass, I was put in the work. I I can I can literally, I have a gift. I foresee what my life is going to be like when I accomplish my goals. That's my superpower. Right? I'm going to marry the woman of my dreams. I'm going to make a shit ton of money. I'm going to have great kids. Um, and the healthier, the more that I work out, the longer I'm going to live. So what I do is I control. I control as much of the narrative as I can. What time I get up, what time I go to bed, who I surround myself with, what I um, put in my body. And not only do I do that, I don't just, you know, preach it. I practice it. Because what kind of a fucking man am I? Like, if I'm telling my daughter to make her bed, but I don't make my bed. What kind of a father am I if I'm telling my son he's overweight and I'm fucking overweight? So that's the discipline. You have to live by a code and you have to instill it every day. Like, it, it's key. What are you two looking at each other for? He was going to say something. Or he had something he wanted to well, say, I think. Yeah. And so just based on the concept of discipline now, right, it's, it's like a paradox in a sense that like you have the same bedtime, rising time, you're eating the same thing every day. Like you're doing all the things, the input is what people might call mundane or boring. But then on the surface, when people evaluate your life, and they say, this guy's a Navy SEAL, he's got a beautiful family, he's in good physical and mental health. Like you've built something extraordinary for yourself on the outside. So when you're able to assess your life, it's extraordinary. But the inputs in of its own require like that mundane consistency. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you balance, you know, reflecting on what you've built and assessing and avoiding complacency, right? Like how do you avoid that idea of like, okay, this is good enough, right? I'm, I'm in as good of a shape as I'm going to be. My family's as beautiful and as built out as it's going to be. I've already been a Navy SEAL. Like, what gets you up in the morning to continue to act the same discipline that got you here? You know, it's funny. This is going to sound so shallow, but um, the the fear of, I call it the Al Bundy syndrome, right? You guys know Married with Children? You ever seen that show? No. So Al Bundy is like a shoe salesman. It's like a totally, like you can't even watch the show anymore. It's, you know, like 80s show. Um, and, you know, he's a shoe salesman, but he was state champion, um, quarterback won the high school you had the cheerleader and all that he lived in the past for me right now if i died right now the fear of me what gets me up every day is the fear of someone going he peaked and he went back to average like i i talk about this all the time with like now the entrepreneurship right like first time i hit a million dollars 
I thought I was a millionaire. I hit, I hit my mentors, Tim and all them. They're like, motherfucker, that ain't a million. You're not a millionaire. You hit a million dollars. Take taxes out. I'm like, they're like, it's two or three million. Now I could easily look it up, but I'm like, what is it? They're like, hit two and we'll let you know. I am constantly in fear of, of dying, not dying like death dying, but dying and someone saying on my headstone, there lies a guy that was a Navy SEAL. And then after that, he fizzed out. He just, he gave up. Um, people ask me all the time, um, was Navy SEAL being, is the greatest thing of your life? At that time it was. Right now, the greatest thing in my life, if you ask me, is my wife and my kids. Other than that, I can't tell you because I don't know what tomorrow, tomorrow brings. You know, I can, you know, I could close a business deal tomorrow and make fucking $7 million. And that'll be the best thing that's happened to me in a while. But I know there's more. But too many people, and that's what keeps me going, the unknown. The unknown scares everybody. The unknown, I love it. It excites oh, the man, shit. What am I going to do? Like, I got I, I literally walked across South Carolina. The week before I'm playing a celebrity softball match, I fucking busted my hamstring up. I still did it. And people were like, why didn't you just not do it? I owe that. Not only to the veterans that I did before, but to myself. You have to push yourself. So during that day, all that pain I was going through, if you ask me what's the greatest day of your life right now, minus the wife and kids, it was that day. Every day that I get up, it's like the greatest day of my life. Because number one, life is a gift. You know, but number two, the average human sleeps six to eight hours. So that gives you 16, 18 hours to do two things, kick ass or get your ass um, kicked in, you know, kick ass. And I don't want that. I've had my ass, I've had my shit pushed in for like the first 17 years of my life, pardon my language. And I didn't like it. And what I've learned is, is if I, I, I hold myself fucking accountable, you know, I'm not going to get up and, and, and talk to people if I'm not in shape. I'll get up and talk to people if I'm injured. I'm not going to discipline my kids for doing shit if I'm doing the same fucking thing. You know, I, I'm not. And that's what keeps me going. The fear of being average scares the living shit out of me. I'm 5'7", so I'm an average human being. I got a size 10 a foot. That's average. But I, don't, but, that, but I hate that. Like, you know, I always say, God, I wish I was taller. We always wish what we don't have. But instead, like you said, I'm like, you know what? This is what God gave me. So now I'm going to add on, I packed on the pounds, put on the tattoos, you know, rebuilt from the ground up. You know, I'm bigger, better and faster than I've ever been. I'm in better shape now at 51 than I was at 40. And people go, that's not possible. It is possible. I just don't stop. And yeah, you guys are young, think, you shouldn't either. And I think that that's a really good point of like, we all, we all want what we don't have. We, we all want what we don't have, but to your point on not living in the past, but reflecting on the past, I think that can be a good way to kind of combat that. If you think about, wow, if I look back at my life, even two years ago and look where I am now, like I'd be so fucking proud of this person that's sitting here today. Oh, and I think that's a really good way to instill a sense of gratitude um, for what we do have and not and, and less of what we don't. So I love that point. I also love the point of the, the so many people are the, the fear of the unknown, but to me, like, that is so exciting. Like as long as you stay true to yourself and stay true to who you yeah. are, like I don't I don't know what my life's gonna look like in a year from now. I don't know what my life's gonna look like in five years from now, but I am so confident that I'll be exactly where I'm supposed to be. And that's super exciting, even though I don't know where that is, as long as I stay true to who I am and, and yeah. live and honor my values. And like that that's super exciting. And I think that actually scares a lot of people, but letting it go does. can be the one of the most powerful things you can do. You know, 
I couldn't agree more. Like I said, you know, too many people in the, I'm only going to speak in this country. I'm not going to speak for the whole world. They, they wish, they wish and they want, they don't make and take, right? Make and take action, right? Become the savage servant. You know, everybody, the definition of a savage servant, case in point, you guys have ladies or anybody in your life? No, single, single. Jesus Christ. You guys, you fucking just the podcast. Okay. Well, case in point, right? Like a bunch of great relationships, though. a bunch of good friends, like but genuine. This is what, like, this is how I, I look at life, right? Like I want to be a savage and serve. People think a savage is someone that just destroys and breaks and kills. But to be a savage servant in this, just so you guys know, later on in life, you know, if, if you take a knee and you ask that, that special person in life, will you marry me? Right. Your job is to protect her. I don't care who it is, right? I don't give a shit nowadays, whoever's doing what. But if you and I or one of us were to get into a fight, I'm going to put my queen and my cubs behind me. That's not because I'm a savage. This is what people don't understand. It's because I'm a servant. Because when I got down and said, will you, she chose me. I asked her. She chose me. My job now is to protect and provide for my children and my wife at all costs. But that doesn't make me a savage. It makes me a servant. So I use the same principles with everything. I have the savage mentality with everything I do, because bottom line, we need that. People go, Ray, you're extreme. You're fucking insane. Tim Grover, we were talking about, says, you are fucking insane. And I went, and he stopped me because he's, you know, when he talks you to show up, he goes, but Ray, that's not a bad thing. I'm like, sir, I didn't take this bad thing. I took it as a compliment because literally Tim Grover tells me, you are me at 51. And I love it. And I'm like, I got goosebumps. And I'm like, it's fucking Tim Grover telling me this. I got his phone number. Like, because people that have it, they see it. They feel it. Like I walk into a room with the Andy Frisellas, the Sal's, the Sean Whalens, and they're like, cash. And it's because they know, even though I'm not where I want to be, they know I'm not settling, for, settling from where I am. I mean, listen, I am perfect. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my life. But there's nothing wrong with wanting more. Mm -hmm. Right? I, I have a desire. You know, people are like, what do you need all the cars for? We, I don't need them. I just like having them, but I take care of my family. You know, I love being able to, and I mean, I tell you what, man, you're talking to a motherfucker that works seven days a week. I got two phones here that I got to work with as soon as we get off this. And I have everything in place. Like my family's dialing, right? And it's, that's what I'm so keen on is, is you, you can't be, you can't be a savage servant alone for too long. Eventually you have to have the right people in your circle. Right. I had a buddy of mine who just divorced his wife. And you know why he told me? He goes, because she wasn't Trish, my wife. I'm like, is there something I need to know about? You know, he goes, no, 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 no. No, but wow, wow. But you, you, as you grow and you become that savage servant, that mentality, the physical, mental, and emotional, you become that beast. You will outgrow people in one, three, and five years. If you two are hanging out with the same fucking people that you're hanging out with right now across the board, you're, you failed. I literally spring clean all the fucking time. People, places, and things. I trim the fat. As I'm growing, people are like, you're changing. I'm not changing. I'm evolving. I want and need more, right? Um, and it's not about a monetary standpoint. This is what's so important. I know I always talk about the cars. Success is not money. I honestly, I define success as helping others help themselves. But you can't do that until you got your shit dialed in. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. I see these people getting on social media and they're talking about fitness and they're fucking fat. Andy Elliott said, I want you to come work for me. Sales. I do sales. 
He said, show me your abs. I'm like, boom, I got a six pack. He's like, he will not hire someone unless they have a six pack. And all these people were bitching and, oh, I can't believe that. You know who they are? The motherfuckers that don't have a six pack. That's, but you don't have, you know, he had one guy that, that didn't have a six pack. He did the same thing I did. He said, I'll be back in 90 days. He came back with his best version of a six pack. And people go, well, what if I just not built like that? It's the six pack mentality. Mm-hmm. If if one of you tell me, hey, listen, I need you to get in better shape to come back here, I'm going to train to go, and this is what I would say, motherfuckers, I'm coming back. And I'm going to come back and literally I'm going to rip off my shirt and say, listen, this is what I did 90 days. And then you guys should say, this is what you should be saying internally. What are you going to do next? And this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. This It's not going to get any better than this, but I am bigger, better, faster, and stronger because of you, and now I want to be a part of your team. And, he, and he's like, come on, come on board. You got to have that, you know, killer mindset you know people are like i don't have time here's the deal guys we don't know that's the one thing that scares me how much time do we have all i know is and this is the mindset that each and every one of you got to have too because i know you guys are you guys look pretty fucking young every day that i get up and i work out i honestly think i put a second on my life every day i don't i take five minutes off that's how i think Mm. so whether i'm walking push-ups spending quality time with the wife Anything to get my heart racing, man, I am doing it to be better. You know, people ask me all the time, Ray, how do you stay in shape? You ready? I never got out. I never fucking got out of shape. I've been working out since I'm fucking 13 years old. Because physical fitness, your appearance, the way you two look right now, is the rawest form of discipline you'll ever see. Your bodies right now are your life fucking resume. That, that's it. That I, agree that's with it. Whole, I, I don't yeah. care. Listen, I don't give a shit who you are on here. When you met that significant other, you weren't attracted to her personality. You weren't attracted to his personality. It was physical. And then from there, you got closer. It's like the discipline. The nails are done. You know, taking care of themselves. But then the real work begins. Then you have to get to know the person deeper and deeper and deeper. So that's what life's about. This, this right here is I'm telling the story. Like, Bottom line, people need, they say college or military gets you a job interview. Bullshit. This does. You show up looking the fucking part. You show up looking the part. You show up early. My job with Pedro's Cooley and I showed up fucking three hours early. Early's on, early's on time, on time's late and late you're fired. First time I met my wife, we went on a date. I showed up 45 minutes sitting outside. You got one shot, guys. One shot at fucking like whatever that is. And I honestly am not going to throw it away. So, you know, when I show up fucking two hours early, some people go, what the fuck is wrong with you? I tell people, what the fuck's wrong with you? If you start your, listen, if you guys have a job and you, you start at eight o'clock and you show up at eight o'clock, I would fire you. I would fire you. I might tell my team, you show up 15 fucking minutes early and at eight o'clock, you better be fucking going. I got a guy that works for me, shows up early every day. Six o'clock, you work till six o'clock. That doesn't mean at five o'clock, you're t- it means at six o'clock, you fucking, oh shit, I got to stop. Let me finish this up. I'm done. Because that's the discipline. Because if you can just do it at work, you can do it at home with your food. Because men, humans, we have three battlefields, the internal, the business, and the home field. If you can learn how to find discipline that overlaps all three of them, physical fitness is the first one, dude. You've got an edge. You've got the tactical and technical advantage over literally, I know this sounds horrible, over 80% of Americans because over 80% of Americans are obese. I didn't make this shit up. 
I didn't. I go to the beach now and I'm like, holy fuck. What's going on? And my wife's and my wife's my age, she's 51. She's built like a brick shit house. And my kids are in shape. And people go, I don't have the time. You don't have the time not to, motherfucker. Because you're overweight. And this is what I tell people. Like I'm a coach. People are like, I'm overweight. I'm like, no, you're fat. You're fucking fat. And it should hurt. Take off your shirt. If you don't like the way you look, then do something about it. If you don't like the job you have. I, I get so sick. The mentality I have is so many people are like, I can't find another job. I got, I literally got almost pretty much let go five days before Christmas. I found another job. I'm making six figures a month now. And it all starts here and here, man. That's it. And that's the secret. Like people are like, I want to be a Navy SEAL, but I want to, I want to have a, maybe you guys want to have a podcast as big Joe, as big as Joe Rogan's, but there's no, but it's, I'm going to have a podcast as big as Joe Rogan's. I will be a Navy SEAL. I will tell my wife the first night I met her, I'm going to marry you. She's like, that's the biggest load of shit I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. November 3rd was 20 years, guys. Congrats. I know. Well, I so mean, yeah. On that point though, cause I was going to ask about this earlier. So like, a lot of that sounds like it's removing that sense of self-doubt, that self-sabotage. And you, you mentioned earlier on that 90% of that can be removed. Like how, how can give, give us some practical, practical examples or tips of how we can I love um, overcome that stuff. I love it. So this is what I focus on. I do my corporate training. I work in things of fours, my four F bombs, my family, my fitness, my finances and faith. How do I do that? I literally evaluate myself every fucking week on that. Am I, Family, both of you, whatever role as a male you are in your family, are you, are you the best at it? Fitness, are you physically, mentally, emotionally as good as you can be? Are you as strong as you can be? Financially, if, you are, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, which like over 50% of America is, it's because you're not looking down the road. Too many people are looking at the now because they're not happy. And faith, right, is believing in yourself. That's how I can, everything I do is self-talk. I have a mantra that I live with every day. And it says, I bet on me. I'm telling both of you this right now, as you get older and you start getting successful, everybody says they got your back. Everybody says they got your back. And then as soon as you fuck something up, they didn't have your back. They were waiting for you to fucking fail. So they can point their fucking fingers at you and go, look, I told you it's happened to me. I cut all those people loose, but I got a wife and two kids that when we were struggling, man, when I barely could make ends meet, when I was working fucking three jobs, she still said, you're the greatest thing in life. I had friends that said, hey, man, let me lend you money. I'm like, no. What else do I focus on? Teamwork, problem solving, leadership, and communication. If you infuse those two th those things in life with your, your three battlefields of life, the battlefield, business field, and home field, literally, I can accomplish anything. Teamwork, right? Team. Trust, effort, attitude, mission. If you want to be a part of a team player, a team you, team whatever, trust. Hardest thing to build, easiest thing to lose. Effort. If you tell me you're going to give me 100% of your effort, you're full of shit. Give me everything you have and give me more. Two types of attitudes on planet Earth, good and bad. Nothing will open or close the door faster. And the mission is growth. And I don't give a fuck what your growth is. Just grow. Just grow. That's what I say to myself every fucking day. I get up every day and I go, I bet on me. Because no one else is going to. I have boards where I write shit down every fucking day. I tell myself every day, you got this. You got this. Like... You have to, you have got to create the internal dialogue of positivity because I'm telling you this right now, 
there are forces of evil that run around in your fucking skull of self-doubt, self-sabotage, not knowing your self-worth. That's the problem with 90% fucking American males. I, I speak for males. They think they have no worth. And I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. Do you remember the first time you did a sales call? The Chicago? Sales call. Yeah. And you had to yeah. ask for money. The first time I had to ask for a ten dollars or $20,000 sale, I was scared to. Mm-hmm. I was fucking scared to. Like when I first started speaking, I'm a $5,000. How much do you charge to speak? Um, um isn't a word, motherfucker. How much? I'm $15,000. How much is this course? This course is $20,000. But let me tell you why you need this course. You have to build that, that dialogue of positivity in your head. Like I don't sell. This is, here, here's the greatest thing I'll tell you. I'm not a salesman. I'm a talesman. I tell you why as a consumer you need my product. And if you don't need it, you know what? It's your loss. Mm-hmm. And I sell left and right. But I'm not selling anybody anything. Right? Life's about telling a story. What is your story? My story is, you know, I've been through trials and tribulations. I'm not going to be a victim anymore. Um, I have killed 90% of that self-doubt because I literally say it every day. Get up and believe in yourself. My wife has one. My daughter has one. Every single coaching client I have, I make them come up with a mantra of the day. First thing they say when they get up, last thing they say when they go to bed. You can program the subconscious mind two minutes a day of just positive thoughts. Or you can sit around, right? Don't meditate. Don't journal. Don't do all the things that you need to do, right? Not journal. You know, there's three three disciplines and colors of life, red, blue, and green. If you don't, if you don't analyze and dictate and document what puts you in the red and blue, I guarantee you, the two of you right now and everybody listening, if you don't do that in three years, you'll be exactly where you fucking are right now. You might have a different job, but mentally and emotionally, you'll be the same fucking fragile egg you are now. You have got to literally take risk, be extreme, um, I do, man. I walk into the room and people know. And people, Some people think I'm cocky. I don't give a fuck. Too many people worry about what too many people think of them who have no... They have no input in their life. Who, who aren't in the... Re, aren't, who are yeah, not like in, Instagram. in the arena. Instagram. I get hammered for the shit I do. <laughs> and when I take a deuce, I, mean, I sometimes I write back, it's the stupid, stupidest thing in the world. Who cares? Well, can, we, can we go back to the, the red, blue, green piece? Can you elaborate I love it. on what that is? Emotional discipline 2.0, please. Yeah, can you just elaborate on what the what the three colors mean? And... Perfect. I love it. So obviously I'm wearing a shirt that's green right now. Green is where you want to maintain the discipline, the structure, the focus. You with me? I'm with red, you. Red is redlining, losing control, losing your shit, right? Blue would be kind of a – everybody knows David Goggins. It disassociate. You think of the pain – I'll give you an example. You're getting yelled at by a significant other for a certain amount of time. You know how you have that gift to just block it out, turn it off? That's going into the blue. That's what I do with the pain, right? When I'm running or doing something, I disassociate. I think back to where I was. But I've, what I've learned how to do is I, I stimulate and control the red and blue in my life. How do I do that? Number one, I journal. And any person, place, or thing that puts me in the red or the blue... I cut them the fuck loose. My own family, I've cut loose. And I'll tell you this right now, I guarantee I would bet you both a hundred grand. You both have people, places, and things in your life that you allow, you Absolutely. that you just, you allow it to be in your life, even though it's wrong, that puts you in the red and blue. You do a journal for 21 to 30 days and you start seeing, you'll see this, what's called an overlapping field of fire, a pattern. 
of a person or some, a place or thing that puts you in the blue or red, cut them the fuck loose, which gives you more time to then control the red and blue. Like, I was injured. I had to disassociate in the blue and walk 44 miles. What does that do when I control it? It, it increases my average of green. Um, when I get panicked, I lost like $40,000 in a fucking business deal the other day. That put me in the fucking red. Holy shit, what am I going to do? <sighs> got to breathe, got to do your exercises. There's other business deals that we can do, right? I can't get that money back. I put myself in the red. I brought myself right back. It's like shifting. Think of it like this. Shifting up, shifting down, right? Downshift. I, there's times when I need to downshift. There's times when I need to upshift. But what I'm trying to do is run on all cylinders. So I'm trying to put it in perspective for people. I control. When you cut all the negative people, places, and things out of your life, that gives you more time to experiment internally with, how can I push myself today in the red? I'm injured. Um, here you go. I'll give you an example. You ready for this? Every day, get take a nice shower, take a cold, cold plunge or a nice shower. What does that put you in? The blue. You have to disassociate the pain. Every day when I'm done with you guys, I got to get in a sauna for 30 minutes. I'll do 500 push-ups. That puts me in the red. Then I'll take a shower and I'll cool down. What have I done? Mentally, emotionally, I have increased my green. I do the same thing with business. I do the same thing with my family. Um, me and my wife today, you know, we want to put the Christmas tree up. I could have, I could have blown it off, but I was like, fuck, got to do this, got to do it, right? So what did I do? It's attention to detail because I have cut all the negative bullshit out of my life where I can, it gives you more time to be in tuned with yourself and the people in your life to be better. But you have to control that. People are like, why on earth would you want to put yourself in the blue and the red? Because that's, that's, that's growth. Yeah. And, and you know what, to that point, like, I love this idea of like voluntary suffering. Oh, I because, love it. Because there are going to be points in your life where life is going to punch you in the fucking gut when you least expect it at some point. And you have to have the yes. mental and physical fortitude built up and the resilience built up through voluntarily doing hard things so that when you're when you do get faced with these inevitable challenges of life, a loss of a family member, whatever it might be, you've got the systems in place to be able to to deal with it. You two are a lot more fucking eloquent talking than me. I hate you both so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just, I'm just, you're, you're, you're bringing true. up. These... Like, I mean, in my case, train harder than you fight, right? I literally, you know, Tony mm. Robbins said it, winter's coming. Motherfucker, winter's here. Winter's always here. You got to, you got to prep for it. You got to be ready. The storm's coming. The storm's here. Have you prepped for it? You know, have you, and that's the thing. Going out and buying something is not prepping. You know, case in point, when it's cold out, I'm running. When it's raining out, I'm running. And everybody goes, David Goggins. David Goggins isn't the first one that's fucking run a long distance. And I love Dave. He isn't. <laughs> he isn't. Right? I mean, it was a seal. We were doing it before him. He's just marketed it in a great way. But when it's raining out, I tell everybody, you are physically, mentally, and emotionally waterproof. People go, what's that got to do with anything? Take off your shirt when it's chilly out there and run. But I'm cold. Run faster. What'll happen? You'll shake, you'll get numb, you'll either, and then two things are either going to happen. You're either going to stop because you're too cold, or what are you going to do? You're going to push through, you're going to run harder, and when you come back from that run, guess what? You're going to be hot. Because you, what you just did is you just increased, right? You just threw 
the, the coal, the mental coal into the fire of your body and you produced. I do this all the time. Cold plunge, get in for three minutes, uh, 301, next day, 302, next day, 303. When you get to a certain temperature at about six minutes and 40 seconds, you start pushing it. But I know what it is. But most people just get in, get in the cold plunge for three minutes and they get out. What happens when you get used to that? You're not growing anymore. You're, 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 you're maintaining and that's cool. I don't want to maintain. Too many people are like, I want to make, I want to make $300,000 and maintain that. No, make 301,000 the next year, 302. Um, be a man that takes your family on three vacations. One, because you can, or one, because you have to, two, because you can, and three, because you're the fucking person that just does it. I do things like this. I'm always trying to find room to ascend, to excel, right? Attack the hill. I want to do better. Everybody walks up the hill. Fuck it. Run up the hill. Walk down it. That's so often, have. so often, and whether it's goal setting or going into something that maybe we're unfamiliar with, we'll set our own ceiling with yes. our minds versus what we are truly physically capable of accomplishing. I'll give you an example. I was actually sitting in a sauna the other day and somebody talked about running their first ever marathon and mm -hmm. they mentioned hitting a wall mentally um, around a mile 17, you know, albeit they still finished the race. They still finished the 26.2. Yep. And, you know, for somebody like you, what I get the sense for is like, you don't set a ceiling, but in some ways you can still set goals or mile markers. And I'm just curious, like, where do we go wrong with that with, you know, whether it's self doubt or perceiving, you know, this idea of like, this is good enough, right? Or like three minutes in the cold plunge every day is good enough. Um, how do you, how does somebody like you measure success if there's never a sense of like, maybe I'm not understanding it correctly, but I never sense of like, I've, I've reached the finish line. What is your finish line? What is your measurement of success? Living life to the fullest until the day I die. Yeah. I, love I, I don't know how else to say it, man. Like, you know, um, and I'll tell you this right now, like I've never run a marathon. Um, I've been thinking about doing, I got really bad feet. Um, when I did that walk the other day, I hit tons of walls, tons of walls that said, just stop. No one's looking, you know, you can just jump in the truck. Like I had a walk at 11.6 mile leg and they're like, Hey, we'll pick you up early. I'm like, fuck that. Fuck you. That's what I'm saying to my team. No, I can't do that because I was somewhere else. Like they were like, mm -hmm. do you remember yelling at me? I'm like, nope. But then when you're walking and you're carrying the flag with a backpack and people are running out and giving you water because it's hot as balls, you're like, wow. You know, that's, thank you, know, I, thank you so, I go right back to it. Um, no, I don't know. And I don't know why, what I can't understand is how people can settle. Mm -hmm. See, I, the question you asked, I'm the complete opposite of that. I'm like, if I know I can get into something every day and it gets easier and easier, yeah, that makes me better. But now what I have to do is I have to go farther and farther to see, I got to push it. You know, like, I don't think I'd be married 20 years if I just settled, you know, same, same routine all the time, same thing, you know, I'm going to get up, I'm going to do this. Even, I mean, being rude, even sexual, you gotta, you gotta mix things up. You never know, right? I love the unknown, shaking it up, moving it, but I'm more concerned. The question is, is how people can settle. I don't know. Like, I can't answer your question because I'm not wired that way. I, all I know is 
I know that I'm going to do as much as I can until I can't do it anymore. No, that, when that I can't, is an answer. Though. That is the answer. That yes. is an answer. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I, because I, that, that, that's my answer. You know, like I, I, there yeah. is no finish line for me. It's becoming yeah. the, not only the okay. best version of myself, but the most whole version of myself. And that's, yeah. that's, that's always, there's, there's, there you is know? no finish line to that. I agree. Uh, I tell people I'm going to run till I have to jog. And then when I, when I can't jog anymore, I'll walk fast. When I can't walk fast anymore, I'll walk. When I can't walk, I'll crawl. When I can't ro- crawl, I'll, I'll roll. And then after that, maybe it'll be time to hang the cleats up. But then hopefully by then I'll have somebody pushing me. I'll still do it. I don't know. All no, I that, know that, is... That's right. That's right, though, Ray. Because think about it. If, so, if, if someone answers that question and says, success is when I've, I've made a million bucks. Or success is when I get married. Okay, then what? So you get there. You're 30. That's when the work starts. I've learned like that's, <laughs> I think the real warrior mindset when you get married, when I got my trident, that's when the work starts. When you get married, that's when the work starts. When you become a father, holy shit. My son's 29. My daughter's 15. It never ends. So my thing is if, if it never ends with being a parent, being a husband, being, you know, being you, then why should it end with, cause everybody puts the cap on the finance. That's what I'm always seeing in the fitness. Like I, this is what I hear all the time. Ray, you're 50 years old, you know, you're not as big as you used to be. Yeah, but I'm still lifting to try to put on mass. I'm still lifting to try to be more physically fit. I actually did a podcast with Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, who's a very good friend of mine. She's my doctor. And I said, I love getting older. And people were like, what? You look, I fucking love it. Because minus I'm getting grayer. I'm the same fucking person I was, except I'm stronger. And people are like, yeah, but when you were younger, you were 220 pounds. Who cares? I'm, I'm running at my maximum capacity, man. I got the Dodge TRX up there. I'm running at 702 horsepower, the best version of me right now. Is that what I was 30 fucking years ago? No, I'm even better because I'm smarter now, you know? And uh, how you see real savages, like I do a lot of work with Diamond Dallas Page, the wrestler, DP, boom. Guy's 60 fucking eight years old. He yeah. created a thing where, you know, all this muscle shit wasn't working, so he... You know, he's got the, the power cuffs and all this other stuff on, but it it's like my thing is is he's doing something and he still looks fucking great. And that's, that's and that's problem. the success. I mean, that's oh the success God. right there, right? It's like what you're putting in. If you're putting in at maximum capacity on any given day in the here and now, like that is your measurement of success. And I, I love that. It's it's quite inspiring. Um, I wanna stay a similar topic here because I want to talk about your self-regulation now and you mentioned journaling and meditating and you know with the stigmas associated with mental health a lot of what we try to talk about and help destigmatize a lot of people are going to see you on the street and they're never once going to picture you sitting with a notebook and a pen journaling can you endorse or advocate or speak to self-regulation your self-care um in a way that helps destigmatize like what a man like you um mm-hmm. ultimately benefits from yeah so I don't journal per se, uh, just so you know, with a pen and piece of paper, I do it on the computer. I can tell you, and then mine are simple. I, I journal what puts me in the red and blue, what time I got up, what time I go into bed, workouts. I do, I keep it very, I have a system, but for people that, and this is what I say to people, right? The, the, the basic answer I can give you is how do you know where to go if you don't know where you've been? That's why I journal. That's what one of my mentors told me. Tim Grover said, how the fuck do you know where you're going if you don't know where you've been? I'm like, what does that mean? He goes, tell me what you ate two years ago um, for breakfast. What? Tell me what you worked out with six months ago on this day. What? Tell me what pissed you off um, a month and a half ago. What? I don't know that. He goes, well, then how are you going to grow? 
because that's where I come up with this. How are you going to grow if you don't know? You need to know. You need data. You need to have a track record of your history. We have been documenting history since the day we were born. That's why we have libraries. We do this for history, but we don't do it for ourselves. It makes no sense. I mean, grace the Bible. That's the biggest piece of documented history we have. It tells a story. People will do this. We have the Declaration of Independence. Everything that we have is segments of life, but then people won't invest in themselves. That's the problem, guys. You have to invest in yourself. Literally, five minutes a day, just write some. I don't write the good things like, oh, I, I, met, I don't do that. I write the things that like piss me off or, you know, like, mine's a very short thing, but I can tell you like, I don't write what I eat. I write like I've had a bad day. Like, you know, today I was feeling off the thing and I had like a big fudge Sunday. Felt like shit, you know, two days later. Still feel like shit. Well, I'll go back at the end of the month and go, well, I can't have a Sunday because for three days I'm going to feel like shit. And then what I do is I do what's called an AAR, after action report. I do it I do it weekly with my family and I do it monthly with me. Um, one thing that I can uh, do better, two things that I need, uh, one thing that I did good, two things I can do better. And that's how I create growth. That's awesome. Like work, that, like, that takes you know, a lot like, of humility. You know, that takes a sense yeah. of humbleness. Right? Listen, and, if and you go in the gym, if you go in the gym and you don't have a work and you don't have something written down, what you're going to do a plan, you're not training. You're, you're, you're working out. I don't go to the gym to work out. I go to the gym to train. Right. And if I want to grow, I need to know what works and what doesn't. There's a formula. Most people that aren't where they want to be is because they don't have a track record of where they've been. They have, they have nothing to base it off of. I can go back five fucking years and tell you, like, when I was a monster, I was working this hypertrophy workout, but then I got injured on that, and I stopped doing that. That's why I don't do that anymore. Versus, mm. oh, let me do that hypertrophy thing. I forgot about it, and I'll be like, mm, fuck, I, I had to get shoulder surgery because of that. Or financial stuff, you know? Um, I invested in this, and I lost money. I know people that have invested in the same fucking company four or five years later because they forgot that they lost money in it. You're an idiot. Document it. Like documentation of yourself, again, is individuals that want to create growth because a lot of people like me, you know, Tim Grover asked me once, and I'll keep going back to Tim. He asked, told me, what's the one thing that you're running from and running to? And he already knew what the answer was. It's my, me. That's what I'm, that's what I'm chasing, the best version of me. And I'm running from that old guy. Most people are chasing something they don't know what it is and they don't know what the fuck they're running from because they they can't they don't have it here to see it they forget think of all the shit that you would forget if you didn't journal right like case in point i have a calendar i have calendars i have a calendar calendar for my family my fitness my finances and my faith they're color coordinated i hear it all the time with my coach god i almost forgot to pick up my kid so let me get this straight you have a calendar for your for your job but you don't have one for your family Jobs come and go. Families don't, bro. And when I say that, people, they're like, it's like a light bulb came on. They're like, wait a minute, what? Like, yeah. It's really strong prioritization. That... Of course it is. Listen, life's about prioritize, strategize, and monetize. That's all I do in life. I prioritize, I come up with a strategy, and then how do I monetize from it? And then remember, if anybody's listening, they go, monetization, it has nothing to do with money. It's about growth. How can I create growth? Last night, I made plans to take my wife out to dinner. That's creating growth. That's stimulated conversation. Romance. There was a little, you know, she had a drink. I don't. I don't drink. Fine. 
Um, but that's how you, that's how you keep that relationship going. You know, um, yeah. I could say, you know, I'm yeah. buying my daughter a new car tomorrow. She has no clue. Um, uh, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Coming a little early. Yeah. Yeah. Little yeah. yeah. You know, um, and it's the car that she wants because when we go out and we look and it's a year early, but I'm going to teach her how to drive in it because she can't drive in my cars because they're not, they're not suitable for kids that don't know how to drive in them. They're fucking fast, but it's, it's paying attention, right? The attention to detail, because once you got your shit dialed in as a human, as an entrepreneur, as a father, as a friend or whoever, you are, then your senses are heightened. And then you want to bring people in and do the same thing for them versus going through life with these, sh- these blinders on and you're, o- you're only like a foot deep. You're so fucking shallow physically, mentally, emotionally, because you don't know who you are. You don't know where you've been. You don't know where you're going. You know, I know, I know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm going to end up. That's yeah. what's important. Yeah. But I know I'm heading in the right direction. The needle of success is moving in the right direction. That's what I say, man. Speedometer boom, goes this way. I'm ascending. I may have to downshift. I may have to upshift. I may have to coast, but I will keep going that way. And that's what people need to understand. And people go, what? I'm all about trying to use the symbolism of things and cars and things that make sense to me. I can't sit here like an Andy Frasilla and be super philosophical. It's not me. I keep shit so easy that I have nowhere to go but be successful. Or I'm going to fall flat on my ass, but I'm going to take the standing eight count. I'm going to dust myself off. I'm going to get back up. Too many people jump up right away. If you get knocked down, you jump up right away. You're still the same fucking person. You just got you got you got your bell rung. Even if I can get up at two, I'm like three, four. Yeah, you got to feel. You got to feel all that shit down there. All right, everything's here. Let's get up. Let's not do that again. Eight, I get back up. You know. Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 that, that, that is really uh, good stuff, um, Ray. We're gonna wrap up, but I've got. You've already answered a couple of the rapid fire questions, but I got one more for you. Okay. Um, which is, if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, and first, first of all, actually, before I say that. Live or dead? Uh, either or. But Tim Grover, for those who don't know, is uh, because we've mentioned him multiple times on this, was uh, Michael Jordan's trainer and... Kobe Bryant, uh, Dwayne Wade, the list goes on and on, yeah. On and on, just so people are, are, are aware. But anyway, yes, if you could have dinner with anyone in the world, dead or alive, who would it be and why? <sighs> Shit. Um... Probably George Washington, um, just his strategic military plan, um, planning, um, his dedication and desire to make America great. Um, and the fact that I think that he, you know, you've got him and I, I watch how I say this. You have Napoleon, you've got certain people, General MacArthur, um, who were probably the biggest strategist on planet Earth when it came to battle um, and just strategically trying to put America on the map. Um, I'd love to just sit and pick his brain um, and just see what made him. Cause that's drive, man. Like, I mean, the things that he did and the conditions that he did them in. Um, yeah. I'd love to sit and dine with him and have a glass of wine and just hear his military strategy on life and battle and just go, wow. And, uh, yeah, and learn from it, you know, and probably sh- more importantly, obviously salute him. He was fucking, you know, um, and shake his hand and just tell him thank you because, um, you know, I know right now America's not, we're, we're back and forth with everything, but this still is the greatest country in the world. 
And uh, he, I think, I honestly feel he had a lot to do with that. You know, obviously, I mean, from yeah. a military <laughs> standpoint, from, a, you know, just, you know, so much. Um, God only knows where we would be if it wasn't for General Washington. So, yeah, I think it would be George. So I, you don't, I can't so you believe don't I called him George. You know, you don't call him <laughs> You don't George. drink, but you'd have a glass of wine with George Washington if you were presented the opportunity. I, I would, I would want to have a nice dinner and sit down in just a one-on-one setting. Um, if I had the phone, I would want to record him. If not, I would be taking notes and just, I'd probably ask him, you know, probably about five or six questions, um, and just get his thoughts on it. Yeah. I love that. All right, Ray, we're going to wrap up, but I wanted to say just first, thank you so much for coming on, sharing your story and just sharing so much wisdom. Um, it, it was very, very, very beautiful conversation. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. I hope, uh, I hope I answered all your questions in a, in a, uh, in a real way, correct manner, which is what I asked for at the beginning of the show. Yeah.